that we'll publish too. Old Boys Club, we're coming for you. In the field, in the lab next door. Young the flocks you've been waiting for. Hello, Professor, here's the rub. It's misbehavior, ch 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 General Club. Hello, world, I'm your lockout girl. It's misbehavior, ch 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 General Club. Brown with naturally wavy hair. And... She looks a lot like me. I don't. <laughs> Does that mean anything? All right, let's do a clap. One, two, three. That was totally in sync. That was so in sync. That it was... feels like the 90s. Damn it, I was going to make that exact joke. What did they sing? <laughs> I know. All I can think of is Backstreet Boys songs. You yeah, are <laughs> my <laughs> fire. Oh, town. I mean, all they had to do was find a group of attractive young men who knew how to sing, and they couldn't do that. Like, there's always an ugly one in whichever group. (laughs) Yeah. We are five white guys. Oh, that's part of... It's planned failure because it serves a like like an ugly young woman will be like you, oh listen, well even I can get exactly. so there's a there's a formula for it yes and Homestar Runner the you know the ugly one yeah <laughs> it's the same principle I didn't realize one was ugly but I, there's always a bad boy one or one that they put in a leather jacket to mm-hmm. ape that look and here's the thing I don't know which one is ugly. I think it might be there's always an ugly one, depending on the beholder, you know? I think everyone's ugly Ooh, one might whoa. be different. All right, well, let's Ooh. figure it out. Blowing my mind. <laughs> That's, it's the episode for it. Welcome, listeners, to the Misbehavior Journal Club. I'm Amiel Moreno, PhD, here with... Leah Kravitz, Banff. Nicole Davies, NPC, not particularly conscious... And Tom Hage, recurring character. And we're three and a half scientifically trained and certifiably funny people bringing you the behind the scenes look at the latest neuroscience research with humor, thought experiments, and humanity. I'm the ugly Backstreet Boy. <laughs> <laughs> to, to me. Not just for Halloween. <laughs> uh, so in preparation for this episode, which I do do sometimes... Um, I was listening to just some <laughs> interviews. <Doo-doo. laughs> Starting oh, off feces. You do do so sometimes? Good. I'm listening. I, t- today, <laughs> in fact. Uh, is, that, is that why it took you 15 minutes to get started? It's better than when you don't do. That's, you, you do that for a long time, you have to see the doctor. Very much so. No, I was late because I had to wash the PVC flakes out of my hair, which make me look like a coconut dessert. Aww. <laughs> you, you think we don't want to see that? It's as delightful as it is itchy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fair. So sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't? <laughs> sometimes I feel like a nut, sometimes I feel like a seed, sometimes I feel like a banana. So your thought experiment was involving the stuff in your hair or something separate? Good question. Thanks for keeping that train right on trackaroo. Yes, I... Uh, someone made reference to a thought experiment and used the technical dork term for it, which is the German. German for thought is Gedanken, and so it's Gedanken experiment. Um, I was just toying around with that word because it's a fun one. I was reminded of the term Padankadonk. I was wondering <laughs> if a butt-related thought experiment is a 
Let us do the donkey donk experiments. They're very fond of butt experiments in Germany, I hear. We are fans of the Botox. As they should be, the world over. And I told my friend about this, and she reminded me of the song Honky Tonk Badonkadonk. Those are delightful to say in here. Which in German would be... That gives us honky tonk badonka donka donkin experiment. <laughs> Yay! You're welcome. <laughs> I'm just so glad that I'm not the only person who, as soon as I hear a word that gadonkin, I immediately think of the donka donk. So. It was the first time. Have you been living like this, Nicole? <laughs> I, if this badonka donk is a rocking, don't come a knocking. <laughs> <laughs> or honking. Mm-hmm. Neither knocking nor honking. honking or tonking. Let us all have a honky and a tonky. <laughs> Don't let anyone claim we didn't accomplish something here today. <laughs> You're quoting Schopenhauer, the German philosopher, right? Yes. <laughs> Big into uh, Buddhism. And that's uh, all I know. Man, uh, how do I follow that? Uh, like that. Good job. You did it. You're doing it. Yay. Keep going. Nicole. 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 I, I, I don't have any butt experiments, but um, I, I did whatever or whatever the Germans call them. Not yet. Broke mindset. <laughs> 2023, baby. Uh, I The only personal highlight I have to share besides uh, staring at a computer, which is what I do and enjoy it in my life, uh, is uh from the one thing that I have been doing le- recently is uh, getting into bird watching and related stuff. So I went to volunteer, help uh, clean up the bird-friendly habitat garden at Patterson Park in Baltimore recently. Uh, oh, nice. And it turned out to be the same day as a marathon. Ooh. Literally like 500 yards away from me, there's a DJ <laughs> it's like the it's the end of the marathon. He's like, "Come on, runners! You know you want to bring it in. You are feeling so good right now. You made it all the like the whole time. I'm pulling crabgrass out. I feel like the DJ's cheering me on. <laughs> and, and, then, and then on top, meanwhile, of, <laughs> all the birds in the sanctuary have been disturbed. Are you, They've yeah, all been pushed there are away. no birds. They there are, are no birds. Yeah. Are you tell me they allow spin coaches outdoors. <laughs> yes, he was basically uh, an open air spin coach and it was like he was it was like larping peloton coach um so it's me everyone else who's there it's it's the one person who runs it valerie i you know i'm this weird like creeping into middle-aged computer man there's like two like 20 something female bio grad students and then like this kid who's like a high schooler, but he's like 6'3", and he has blonde frosted tips, and he's like very like Saturnine, like de- he was very, like, I don't know what his story is. But, but like, frosted tips? Meanwhile, yeah, he looked like... I, I, a backstreet boy? Is this a word we use anymore? Hey. He, was like, he was like metrosexual. He looks like he started out as as like he was doing like indie reggaeton in Puerto Rico, but now he's gone more hardcore. I don't. Did he come from two thousand seven? I yeah, he's he just trying from, to blend in. Really, he came from twenty thirty seven. He's from the future. He's uh, a <laughs> yeah. the guys told me this was the outfit to wear. Right, exactly. Laugh, right, right. I swear this anecdote is almost over. This just. <laughs> 
I would never do this. I feel like this is the huge gap between people that would go to volunteer to clean up this garden versus uh, people that would run a marathon on a Saturday morning at eight o'clock. All these marathoners would go by and they'd be like, you are doing so good. Thank you. Thanks for cleaning up that garden. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> like, I, Can you ever imagine, is anyone here? I feel like we're all on the ambivert spectrum. Would you ever go by anyone except for Amiel? What's ambivert? <laughs> like, like you have introverted introvert, periods. Extrovert. Yeah. Like you're in, oh. you're in the middle. So like a... So like a person? Just a vert? <laughs> yeah. I'm a vert. I'm usually vertical. <laughs> I'm a verter. Not I'm, hor- I'm, I'm, not I'm a horizo. Hor- you need some downtime. You, li- you like to be alone sometimes to like read papers, play video most games. Most of the time. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, more, I'm more most of the time, but I do, you know, I also can be, I can be, a, I was once a party animal. Once. I always thought runners were running from something deep inside. <laughs> no, <laughs> these are marathoners. They're different. They have numbers on their really backs. really far from their yeah. demons. <laughs> Re-ambroversion, introversion, and extroversion. I don't know if I've said this before on the podcast, so stop me if you've heard this one before. No, I don't think so. <laughs> for the longest time, I thought I was an introvert until I learned that I was just hanging out with people who were fucking exhausting. <laughs> Yeah. That's a relevant variable we don't warn you about. Right, Right. exactly. Or if you're like the coolest of the nerds and you look around and you're like, okay, big fish, small pond when it comes to whether I'm extrovert or introvert. Like this is not a fair sampling of people. Yeah, when I'm at work, I crank up the extroversion hard. By nature or by effort? Because... Or yes. both. It takes effort. It takes effort to let the nature out, like learning to vocalize during sex. Okay. I wasn't. <laughs> it's not a manufactured noise, but you have to work to clear the pathway. Is this a badonga Well, badonga? I mean, like, don't deaf people make noises during sex? Like, I thought that was more of a natural thing that it would occur. Maybe. Oh, are you Question. using your hands right yeah, now? Sign language. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I don't. Know, this is my. <laughs> I'm glad that this is a podcast and none of those <coughs> gestures will ever be seen. Once again, visual gags, readers. <laughs> so that's what I got going on. So marathoners. Yeah. They were cheering you on and being <laughs> yeah, like, multi- you can do yeah. it. Pull that grass. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh, man. When I was doing a half marathon, I could barely breathe. The good Samarathoner. Whoa. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> but then he would have to also run. Speaking of running for office, uh, Georgia just had a big change up that came its way. Yes, and you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Leia and I did that. Yeah, what would you do? Voted, because we live in Georgia. Thank you. We're, a couple months ago, one of my friends from Illinois was uh, talking with other of my friends from Illinois, and she brought up the election. She was like, how's that going? I don't think that Herschel Walker is likely to be a very good senator. I'm like, why are you talking about this? Like, it's a... Thing it's that, a national thing. Yeah. No, it's a thing, but why are you oh. talking about it like it's an election and not a, a astrophysical anomaly? Because it's this guy is running for it's yeah. I mean it's it's happening, right? It's not an astrophysical anomaly. They just put up a puppet. Like you're talking about him like he's a candidate and not a well, you guys human had to have a runoff that was so I know, close. I know. I was I in know. a bar in an area north of Seattle, and the news came in. And everyone in the bar cheered. 
<laughs> That's how national that was. You know what's a weird irony with the runoff? Georgia is an automatic runoff state for racist reasons. The, the whole hmm, point that it was put into practice, law, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, was due to fears of a um, of a black candidate, an African-American candidate. I think if there was a, like a third party libertarian black candidate or something like that. And so they wanted to do um, the runoff thing to make it slightly less likely. So here you've got two, two guys. Uh, you can say they're black. It's okay. <laughs> what did the guy look like? He was... Tall, um, he had like curly hair, like really curly hair. It was dark. Was he black? His ancestors are from Africa. Some of them, most of them, probably. One I don't room know. here has ancestors who are not from Africa. Ultimately, ultimately, well, that ultimately. is true. That would be a defining characteristic. That was one of my like, oh, boyfriend's like big scam he was gonna do was he was gonna say he has a service where you could find out your genealogy. And all of the results were always going to come back. You're from Africa. (laughs) Technically true. (laughs) You are from the primordial goop. You don't even need to do the test. You'll make millions. The the science schmuck said this? No, that that was Joel. Or one of... Oh, Joel, yes. Such a science schmuck. He's not a science schmuck. He's a a charming, uh, learned man. Shout out to Joel. Hey, Joel, if you're listening, because you're not. The entire audience is the host of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) A rare first in podcast history. I see you with your hands up, Nicole. Uh, Oh, no, I was uh, imagining that I was a deaf person having sex. Um, (laughs) uh, Oh. (laughs) <laughs> You're not the only one. You want to do a vidaga donga donga? Did something happen that deaf people have to come up at least once every episode now? Let's get it rocking. This I, is two in a row. I recently Ooh. got into a YouTube channel called Our Signed World. It's fantastic. It's a, a couple and their very young child. Mm-hmm. The mother and the child can hear. The father is deaf. And so the kid's growing up, you know, both speaking and signing. And it's a massive public service that they're doing showing you know what uh, just how a child's mind absorbs language in different formats and it's delightful mm. and wonderful and if you're listening to this and going oh jesus christ with the deaf representation ah might i recommend that as a palate cleanser our signed world they paid me i went to an art exhibit last week that was all featuring deaf artists what is happening and the theme of, I know, the theme of the like show was focusing on uh, their world and perspective and i was very surprised by something did you guys know that alexander Graham bell the person who oh, invented yeah. the telephone was like very anti-deaf culture he was anti-deaf culture? anti-deaf person deaf culture what that's why Please he invented the that. telephone, is to try to shut... No, just to stick it to him. it too good for too long. <laughs> Something about, like, I want to research this. I'm not sure of the specifics, but someone in his family was deaf, and he was like, no, that's the wrong way. And it's like, they didn't choose that. <laughs> so a damn. lot of the art in the exhibit, like, featured him being lampooned in some way. That's so good. Huh. I hate deaf people. Let's electrocute an elephant. <laughs> That's not the same person. Is that not the same person? No. God damn it. Who? Wait. That's Thomas Edison. Thomas Edison. All right. Never mind. 
Thomas Edison was it? Is Alexander Graham Bell an, an asshole too? I never I, said I, this was an educational podcast. That has never been said. This is not uh, educational. The topic is not history. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> no, I just think the telephone is a great way, a great anti-deaf tool. Where you'd be like, <laughs> they can't hear me right now. They, <laughs> I just, I just pretended that I was using an old-time telephone using my oh. headphones. Oh. It, never mind. What does this show have a topic or? Yes, we do have a main topic. Uh, we're getting into something that uh, people are very curious about. And if you're a neuroscientist at a cocktail party, chances are I don't know ten percent that somebody will bring up what is consciousness. And you're gonna roll your eyes. And you're gonna roll your eyes. But somebody who has a background in biology is, I think, better able to answer this question rather than that philosophy student in the corner is gonna start talking so figured we should uh come up with some some ideas and perspectives on this all together i disagree and i think i'm gonna prove you wrong tonight (laughs) 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 i'm here i'm on team philosophy and everyone's gonna hate me but yay sounds like a plan well do you want to start us off with some of the philosophy I thought we were Backstreet Boys, not Team Philosophy. Is that, there? Is that our boy band name? <laughs> it's the worst. I'm Team Philosophy. Tell, Tell me, me why <laughs> I exist in this universe. <laughs> the brain and body are separate, but not apart. <laughs> Tell, Tell me why it's really more about <laughs> If you define how... <laughs> To be on. Okay. Do you want to? I think you're going to give like a maybe just a. Should we define consciousness? Oh, finally, someone Dare does it. We. Dare we? <laughs> we we durst. What I came up with was uh, three of the possible thousands of different definitions of consciousness. There's consciousness as an awake state, so you're experiencing the world versus you're in the void. Uh, an example of this might be, is Amiel still conscious? No, she had too many drinks and ruined some relationships tonight. It's been defined as the ability to integrate complex information and generate interaction-sustaining world representations, eventually residing in the brain's information coding elements, the neurons. Berkeley. Brooklyn? <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm not going to ask. Oh, I was just saying Orglia. That kept coming up over and over and over. Uh, Tell us about that. Especially with philosophers. They're like, oh, I bet it's neurons. It's like, bitch, you don't even know about glia. What the fuck are you going to come talking to me about neural shit? (laughs) The other form of consciousness is like a self-awareness. And that's like you're conscious of oneself. You're like, um, who is it? Okay, you guys have to help me out. Uh, Tom or Nicole. How did I get here? Many a days go by. Uh, talking heads. <laughs> talking you may ask heads. Thank you. Yeah, uh-huh. you, that's basically the, another <laughs> definition of consciousness is this self-awareness. Where am I? How did I get here? Who am I? You may there's ask that yourself. version of it. And then there's... The once in a lifetime definition. <laughs> and from here forth, that's what it will be called. Perfect. And then there's conscious morality. This uh, internal guide for what you consider to be right or wrong. Like, like you can't have a conscience if you're not conscious. 
yeah, they're separate ideas, and there are a zillion different ways of thinking about this. And in this uh, podcast, we're going to just talk about it a little bit. What? What? Why? Why? Why do we have to? It's still going to be five hours of content just to talk about a little bit. Of <laughs> an extremely nebulous topic that is historically uh, impossible to pin down. Yeah, so I think we're going to figure it out here in about. I mean, yeah, we, we, we got it. I've got some answers. Yeah, we got, we got this. Look, I yeah. I did some googling before this show. I mean, do your own research, but I I skimmed like three papers that you all sent me and listened to two podcasts. So Ooh. you know, <laughs> I also watched a, a YouTube video. Oh. That I had seen before, and I just wanted to brush up on it. I just feel like no other animal is like, "Whoa, am I? F- do I feel like I'm feeling?" <laughs> well, how do you how do you know? Were you there? Are any of these animals doing that? <laughs> Wait, did you just call all of us animals in the third person? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, a talking muffin! Oh my god, <laughs> most humans I've met, I don't think would would ever consider that question. That's yeah. Yeah, there are some unexamined people living the unexamined. They're not life. examining themselves, and I'm not going to be examining them. <laughs> I know, all I can say is, Amiel, we don't have to do this. We can turn back now. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I can't believe I read philosophy. It's pretty forever unclean. Like, I'll be all right. I'm here for it. Amiel and I were talking about it, just having a, a, a conversation. And um, either you or I brought it up. But if I brought it up, it would have been a joke. Like, oh, what's something that Amiel would definitely say no to? Because it's like <laughs> impossible to talk about. What do we got to do? Consciousness? Okay. Okay, sure. Let's do consciousness. Really? Awesome. I love that stuff. Yeah, you. So here I we like are. I gave you a list of a bunch of things, and you glommed on to consciousness. So it, it's definitely something that's uh, horribly difficult to talk about, mm-hmm. and um, but yet wondered by people throughout the ages. Sure, some people. Is that the? I saw you have that Google. You have that Google Doc. That's the no-no list. Is that what? Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, you saw that. No, no, this oh. What do you think? <laughs> you said a funny thing. Oh. That's not true. <laughs> you saw her no nos. Funny if it were better true. than my badunka dunk. <laughs> <laughs> I saw her gedunkin. <laughs> is that a gedunkin in your pocket? Or are you just gedunkin? Hey, Bart, your gedunkin is showing. <laughs> Mine gedunkin is a rockin'. <laughs> I love your Schopenhauer impersonation. <laughs> God, this is Schopenhauer. This is how he talked. I'm just waiting for someone who's only ever seen it written to go, oh, hey, I put the dank in Gedanken. I thought. So you think you think we need some Gedanken means? Leah, I always thought you put the Leah in Glia. Hey. Well, that's maybe worth discussing at some point throughout this episode. Just the heavy focus on neurons. Uh, like to the exclusion of glia or endothelial cells or glia mm. or blood flow for that G- matter right? how you kind of lose who you are and your ability to function um if you just have like a slightly lower content of oxygen in your blood yeah mm-hmm. so to what extent is that oxygen participating in your consciousness at different stages of its involvement in your bodily stuff the bottom line here is i still don't see many fundamental differences between humans and fungi when it comes to like 
having experiences. So oh, I enjoyed sure. interacting with this topic, but I did come away being like, oh, I don't feel like I need a definition for consciousness. Because whenever someone is talking about consciousness, they're probably talking about a more precise phenomenon that we could actually use different words for. Ah. I agree that there are better words that we can use and that might change what we think is involved in consciousness. But I just wanted to ask, can a fun guy be an introvert? <laughs> can a human? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a human that's a fun guy. Fun guy. Okay, yes, but at great personal expense. <laughs> hey, we are wild and crazy mycelium. You're talking about Tom. Yeah, when that fun guy gets home. Oh, spores everywhere. <laughs> fun guys only do that when they're very distressed. It's not cute. Hey, I gotta get out the old mushroom cap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's why there's spores everywhere. How do you think I spread them? Get those flower net organelles out there. Ooh, organelles. Guys. Uh, how do you know? What, a, what Leah? Leah's a, mind has been blown. Okay, so you know. I can see it. This is what it looks like. I've learned. <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. Something's happening in her head. Yeah, the, the glory of being known. The delight. The magic of, of being known. Um, you know how there are Fergies? Fergies? Fergies, yes. <laughs> There's an army of Fergies. They've been on the southern border. The conservatives have been trying to warn us this whole time. No one's listening. Falling on, yeah. Falling on deaf ears, Leah? I, I stopped. That's yeah. not inclusive. Their milkshakes are All coming. All the Fergies and their humps. Their yeah. lovely their, little their, lumps. Their lumps. Um, how did we let They're that furries. song happen? You know They're how there furries. are furries. Oh, furries. Yeah. Furries. And yes, I know there are furries. Okay. So animals are to furries as fungi are to what? Animals are to furries as fungi are to... Is this why I flunked the SATs? I don't know what we're trying to connect <laughs> yeah. here. This isn't, a, this isn't a setup. This isn't a rhetorical question. I, I, I just am crowdsourcing. You, Is it just fungis? No. You're talking about you're talking about uh, Toad from Super Mario Bros. Is Toad a fungus furry? You're crowdsourcing a punchline. <laughs> yes. Okay. Is that an acceptable? Well, he's got term? a mushroom head or something, but who knows if he's. What do you call people who are into the furry lifestyle? Except instead of animals, they are more into fungi, fungi. Yeah. Mitocologists. <laughs> my my mycologists my now. Ma, 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 oh, shroomies? No, that sounds like hippies. <laughs> Your ecology, I think. Not my ceiling. Our ecology. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So one of the things that I made everybody look at was a, an article from the Journal of Neuroscience. It was titled, Consciousness Regained. Disentangling a very poly-friendly words, disentangling mechanisms, brain systems, and behavioral responses out of the University of Oslo, Norway. The first author, the way I said that sounds like that was part of the title. It was not. The first author is Storm, who I want to marry. Get that last name, and then we can decide from there. And the last author was Wilki. So this article was looking at our first definition of consciousness being a state of awake versus the void and trying to understand what goes into 
the neural correlates of a state of consciousness. And what they decided to define it as, and I'd love to hear what you guys think, is consciousness is experiencing experiences. That's a lot. (laughs) How can it be a lot when it's just one word twice? (laughs) Okay, again. I'm I'm wary of definitions like that because it's too... Sometimes there's tricks in philosophy where you just the words double in on themselves and then it's like the sentence becomes a fractal and you don't even know what reality is anymore and sometimes it seems feels like a parlor trick Uh uh-huh they're just trying to get you into bed all philosophers are just trying to (laughs) trick you into bed so that you can stay there together and wait until death is that what philosophers do in bed (laughs) let me show you my badonkadonk stop (laughs) (laughs) badonkadonkadonkin count of be rocking the mic donkadonkin Rockin' my gedanken. I'll play you my glockenspiel. I think that's an episode, sorry. Yeah, I, I know it's hokey to refer to an episode title in the middle of the episode, but I think rockin' my gedanken is what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Nicole. I'm rockin' out with my gedanken yeah, out. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I will just laugh anytime Tom adopts that accent. It doesn't matter what he says. I, I want to hear what else is in the paper, because there's a lot in there, and I want to unpack it i have feelings about <laughs> how how much of the paper is spent on a definition versus uh, assorted science facts okay all right sure well when they were looking at the neural correlates of consciousness one way of thinking of it is breaking it into two parts uh, when you're looking at the brain there is the level of consciousness and there are neurons and activities in the brain that occur that encourage different levels of arousal, wakefulness, and those are essential components to being conscious, but they're not actually creating that experience. And then the other half would be the content creators, the neural system that is determining the content and the specifics of it. And that can sometimes be thought of as smaller sections of neurons that are experiencing specific interactions, and then another group that's coordinating all those things together and creating an experience. And those content creators are, they they create what we see on platforms like Instagram and Twitter and, yes. twi- and uh, Twitch. Basically, and our ter- mind's eye, that's that's the content they're creating. Yeah, there are content creators yeah. on fast Twitch, on slow Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that was the best joke of the okay. night. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to Taylor Lorenz writing in the Washington Post about uh, the neural correlates of consciousness and other content creators. They're conscience creators. Oh. <laughs> They definitely talk about NCCs. That's sort of like their big intro side about the neural correlates of consciousness. And that's like, uh, basically, what's his name? Famous neuro, neuro, uh, Christoph Koch, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was like one of his big review papers with uh, <laughs> the dude who was not the jerk. Crick, not Watson, Crick. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Weren't they both jerks to... Um, Watson's it, definitely... Well, they, yeah, they both basically failed to credit uh, Rosalind Franklin for actually providing the evidence proving yes. their theory. They were like, 
By the way, in this comment, we'll just idly mention that there's this data that proves our theory that we came up with out of thin air. I, mm-hmm. I think this is a little bit unfair, but I do love the joke. Uh, what did Watson and Crick discover? Rosalind Franklin's notes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Unfair. <laughs> funny. Yeah. <laughs> Technically true. Yeah. So, she so later shared it with them on purpose. But <laughs> well, I think it was actually her, her advisor who showed it to them, and then later mm. I forget. But okay, <laughs> before we get too f- in our feelings about because I think many of us here have been in the Rosalind Franklin side of science, working in the data mines. So so Crick, <laughs> fucking Crick. You know, what, yeah, James Watson just goes off and like says a bunch of racist shit and then gets to start Cold Spring Harbor or whatever he does. I don't care. But then meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Crick is like, I'm going to go figure out the brain. And he writes a paper and he's like, I think the claustrum is consciousness, which is like this weird brain area that we don't even understand. It's like this. It's like a big sheet that just wraps around the whole brain. And then, li- okay. yeah. It reminds <laughs> me of, you know, those uh, deep sea creatures that are just like a few little nuclei, like bound together by this <laughs> yeah. weird mucusy stringy. How is it all together <laughs> even? <laughs> right. <laughs> Why is that even? Is that an animal? That's the claustrum? Yes. <laughs> okay. I can see it I have in a my question mind, from so. the, um, the unlearned everyman. The colostrum? Um, I've heard of the col- the, uh, <laughs> col- col- Yeah. Are you thinking of the, or are you, you no, know, I, what's the, the corpus uh, colo- as colostrum is what I've heard of. Is that the right word? Stop, stop saying it so it sounds like colostomy bag. Cor- think- corpus colostomy bag that connects both hemispheres. It's yeah, the, the, the when one chromosome. hemisphere wants to shit into another hemisphere. <laughs> kind of, that's kind of it. <laughs> I think the seat of consciousness is colostrum. I don't see why it would be anything else. Colostrum. Give me that. Liquid gold. Oh, my gadonka donka has been rocking and now there's colostrum everywhere. <laughs> okay. So, Did you want to mention something about this? paper well yeah so 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 i just wanted to say that crick and coke or cock who by the way is the head of (laughs) i forget yeah um cock is the is the head of uh the allen institute by the way he's still there now he's still around kicking it Mm. uh Mm -hmm. you know figuring out how to catalog every neuron in the brain but in the meantime he was like why don't i just propose some ideas about consciousness and in the intro to this paper when they're you know giving us previous work they talk about he's like we really got to look for the neural correlates of consciousness and so the rest mm. of this paper is about where are those one of the more interesting parts of this was getting at uh, the clinical applications of when does this actually rubber hit the road. It's when you're trying to decide if somebody who is in a non-responsive state is still a person, or are they someone that we would call a vegetable? That's the technical term. That's the technical (laughs) term. (laughs) You know, what's the, what's the actual term? It's called called Terry Shibo. Yeah. Or brain dead. Sure. Utopia Corner can pop up in any of these articles, and uh, it's where we get to speculate wildly about the utopia. Speculate wildly. wildly. On the utopia or dystopia we find in the articles we might be looking at. So in this one, they talked about consciousness in chunks of isolated cortex. I love me which was chunks. Just, <laughs> I know you're a chunker. Okay, so. I think I have a chunk in my corpus callostomy. 
So this, this <laughs> you, are you saying chunks. you have a chunk in your trunk? So, quote, disconnections may occur in pathological conditions, thereby patients may be conscious but fail to produce the right neuronal responses to peripheral stimuli just because their sensory pathways and the cortices are damaged or functionally disabled. And then they use the word that really perks me up in papers is when they say, indeed, comma, <laughs> indeed, comma, intensive care medicine is artificially producing as a byproduct of saving many lives, brains that may remain isolated, split, or fragmented. That's scary. I know. The ICU can fuck you up. I would say that's a dystopia. Oh, you're not you're not for brain fragmentation. That's not. <laughs> no. That is exactly what I wanted to talk about. Bold stance. In extreme cases, large. This is the most terrifying sentence in the entire paper. Large cortical islands or archipelagos of islands may survive totally disconnected from the world outside. Does it feel like anything can be in these chunks of islands that we would call a person or consciousness? What is it like to be in a chunk? Yeah. It's terrifying. You're talking about brain in a jar. No, I'm talking about brain in a brain. Yeah. <laughs> okay, fair. Correct. So like okay, like like the um spoiler alert, the end of the movie being being John Malkovich. <laughs> I have not done a refresher yes. on that movie. I saw it in chunks when I was somewhere between six oh, and eight. Oh, you can't watch that in chunks. And you can't watch that when you're between six, six and eight. Or Fuck. Eight. <laughs> I know it was playing in the living room of the house that I lived in until I was nine. Yeah, you don't want so. It, it is a long movie. That's fair. It, it's something good you have in your future. Okay, excellent. Yeah. I remember it being confusing, but so were a lot it's of It's still confusing, even if you're an adult. Yeah, it will... It will remain confusing, but fascinatingly so. And delightful, I I think. So in the end so, of that movie, Malkovich, Tom... Malkovich, Malkovich? Well, spoil it. Um, well, you brought it up, well, but, so when, go ahead and tell you, us you're, about you're, that. You're in the, the plot of being John Malkovich, they found like a mystical portal in, in an office building and then go inside it. And they end up inside John Malkovich's head and they can see through him and eventually control him. But at some point, something goes wrong and someone gets stuck inside mm. the head and can't uh, ever get out. So or, a brain within a brain. Or say anything or look, it's forced to always look at whatever the other person is looking at, mm -hmm. whether you like it or not. You can't close your eyes. You have no control of the body that you're trapped in. You certainly can't communicate with the consciousness therein. That's interesting that you say you're looking at everything that the person is looking at. And I don't remember in that movie if they actually describe the only thing that they could show in the movie is that you're seeing the same thing. But potentially in that movie, it could also imply that you're definitely hearing all the same things. Are you feeling all the same things you too? You would be sensing, feeling everything, yeah. What is the John Malkovich umwelt? Because then, yeah, Amiel, you would have different... <laughs> Like, if someone hits John Malkovich on the elbow, do you feel that in your elbow? What if your elbow is differently <laughs> yeah, proportioned from... Catherine, Catherine Keener's whole thing was she got in John Malkovich's body and then liked to have sex with Cameron Diaz, but only in John Malkovich's body. Outside of John Malkovich, she, wasn't, she didn't feel attracted to Cameron Diaz. She only got hot on the idea of Having fucking Cameron Diaz... 
with like John Malkovich's yeah, penis. It's a sex, it's a sex <laughs> fetish called Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we getting back to furries? Oh, <laughs> wait, so they're not furries, they're they're peoplies. Peoplies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to put on a human suit and then have sex with another person in a human suit. I don't know. Like the guy from Silence of the Lambs. So, uh, perturbational complexity <laughs> index, person. or PCI, <laughs> is one way that you could potentially understand what's going on in a brain and, and find out if somebody has these islands of things going on, or if they are in one of those states where they can't respond, but yet they're still experiencing everything that's occurring. They're looking at EEG responses to certain stimulation, and... The idea, the, the analogy that they used was so clever. It was like, well, when you want to understand a physical object and its density or what it's made of, you can knock on it and be able to pay attention to the reverberations. Well, this particular TMS, that's what they're they're doing. By using TMS and understanding the response that you usually get from a conscious brain, You can then test people who are in a state that appears comatose and try to see if it sounds the same when you hit it. That sounds... You're talking talking about a brain that's like a tuning fork? I'm thinking more like echolocation, but uh, different. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So you just go up to it and go, hey, McFly, are you home? (laughs) You, You point a dolphin at a brain. Underutilized then, <laughs> scientific tool. Yeah. Neuroimaging. You find out if they're a dolphin really fast. <laughs> when you try to look up papers on the use of dolphins for neuroimaging, you get all of this bullshit on putting dolphins in scanners and shit. And it's like, no. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah. yeah. That's not what I want. The dolphin. I'm talking about flipper MRI. Hey. Dolphins, the magical. Rape fish of the sea. Maybe I'll Rape understand mammal. any of these Rape jokes mammal, when I'm listening yes, back to it. Future Amiel, do you understand any of this? <laughs> but rape fish sounds better. That's why I went with that. Like when they call it orca blackfish. Raped in a fish. I, I was thinking about uh, foods that have had their name changed for just acceptability purposes. And there's the turning uh, rapeseed oil into grapeseed oil. Yeah. And <laughs> turning... Something got turned into Chilean sea bass. Oh, Did yeah. you think they were sitting around? They were like, streep seed oil? No, no. <laughs> Cape seed oil? Oh, maybe. They put that on the baby pile. Yeah. Tape but seed? I, I no. Uh, rap seed. Uh. <laughs> Crap seed. Nope. Ape seed oil. Ape seed. Uh-huh. But yeah, I was trying to remember what that fish was that got turned into Chilean sea bass. I think it was I, talking about a, you're talking about a Patagonian toothfish. Thank you, because what came to mind was Patagonian, Patagonian rape fish. Patagonian rape fish. <laughs> they changed that one's name too. That's the river dolphin. <laughs> oh, that's the dolphin now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy how we much caught- that sparked conversation about consciousness. <laughs> I think we are very on track. Uh, okay, so so what I think what we figured out is if I'm ever trapped inside my own brain, just point a dolphin at me. But getting back to <laughs> <laughs> we're getting back to consciousness and this in this paper. So so you kind of walked us through like we're trying to find these neural correlates of consciousness, mm-hmm. and then I think you sort of picked and choose. They do a lot of like covering like 
what kind of test would you do to get a consciousness? Yeah, like, like how do we actually I, test this thing that people are yeah, so yeah. damn fucking curious about at cocktail like, parties? What if I show you that picture that kind of looks like a rabbit and kind of looks like a duck, <laughs> and then I punch and then I punch you out if I just knock you out, and then I record brain activity during both of those conditions? That's one you could try get, that. Get I'm gonna try that. Get this guy some funding. Somebody get this guy <laughs> right, some right, funding. Right. Is that where donkey so punch came from? Yeah, that's what donkey punch donkey is. rabbit punch. <laughs> but and we're kind of glossing over that. But then another section in the paper, besides the donkey punch section, mm-hmm. uh, is when they're talking about so so what you can do is you can study brain function during anesthesia versus wakefulness, uh, and what they saw. Amiel, you jump in because you actually read this. Yeah. So when comparing anesthesia to wakefulness, what they were looking at is, well, what centers of the brain are necessary for you to be conscious? And there's lots of examples of the frontal cortex not being essential. People not having a frontal cortex just having a nice little conversation with you. But the areas that did seem to be key. I've met those people. (laughs) (laughs) You live in Georgia. (laughs) I dated those people. Again, just evolutionarily, why should that be a thing that... Yeah, you can be a senator. There are so many individuals getting along without one. It's like latest and greatest brain area that we're not even sure if a mouse has it. So like, yeah. Smooth brains. Little koalas running around. Quote, the frontal region was shown to be poorly predictive of the presence versus absence of connected consciousness. Instead, it looked like it was the parietal cortices. So, so these are these are like uh, what do they call it again? Like uh, content consciousness things. If if mm-hmm. there's lesions in parietal cortex, or if if they inactivate it, both of those can lead to loss of content creators. Like you might lose a visual perception in one field or something like that. So that's there is more evidence that suggests that parietal areas play a bigger role, which is interesting. Definitely. And they expanded it to define it as a temporoparietal occipital cortices, which is like, like it sounds, three three different areas of the brain that seem to, in this one little spot, be where you want to hit when you want to knock somebody out. It's like three of the four lobes, right? I should know that as a neuroscientist. Is it a Venn diagram of lobes overlapping? (laughs) It's the overlobe. It's on lobes. Yeah. Well, the, the dick in me thinks you could pretty much just stick with temporal and get yourself dick a in you. good chunk of consciousness. <laughs> the the dickin. No, give him the dickens. The gadonkin dickin. <laughs> I wanted to say earlier, uh, badonkadonk punch, but uh, I... I'll just go ahead and put <laughs> that in there. Prevented myself <laughs> from <laughs> saying I'm glad that. you said it now. Uh, I had to get it out. Well, so, okay, like... We know you're a big uh, temporal cortex fan. Um, Amiel, how are you feeling about this paper overall? I thought it was uh, thought-provoking, and I like the idea of, like, we're neuroscientists, we're not philosophers. Let's actually come up with ways to answer a question that we have. And uh, what I pulled from it is not just where to hit when I want to knock somebody out, but also that consciousness, when you're looking at neurons in the brain, it really is extreme chaotic activity. And when the activity becomes more homogenous, then you're more likely to be in a state of unconsciousness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Well, yeah. now, if you're not making memories, I, I wouldn't say that you're not 
conscience. I mean, I've been blackout drunk many times. I was still conscious, but I certainly wasn't recording a damn thing. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Good point. That is Can we rewind that? It makes it sound like I'm blackout drunk all the time. There's been <laughs> occasions that I've been... That Sounds I've like had to Child look at, Protective Services is coming by now. God damn it. <laughs> there have been times, uh, darker moments in my life, when I would Very sort dark. through my receipts and go, oh shit, I went there. Oh fuck, okay, I only spent 12 bucks. That's not bad. And, oh shit. And then figure out what I what I did. What Do you think your neural activity was chaotic in that time? For sure, but um, (laughs) people would based on the receipt see me like a week later and go, "Hey, what's up, Tom?" Make like a joke or something, a a reference to some joke that I made, which when I'm like, "Oh, that was clever." What did you? (laughs) Oh, that was me. Yeah, you you said that you had a whole thing and you sort of riffed on that for a while, and I was like, "Oh, really?" That wow. sounds like me. Yeah. You're unconsciously riffing. That tracks that. No, that's what I'm saying. I was conscious. I just wasn't recording. Yeah, it's a different. The part of my brain that's like re- that makes memories was like, well, you're a dick. I'm checking out. You, you got this or not? I'm not part of this anymore. Sure, there might be some good jokes in there, but you know, there's also the possibility of uh, life destroying decisions, and I. I uh, you know, plausible if, deniability. I'm helping us both here. Goodbye. If these are the kind of memories we're going to make, I'm just going to I'm going to shut down the part of this that I can shut down. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is one of the cases that I kept coming back to, just giving myself some grounding examples for why and when should I care about having a definition of consciousness on hand. Uh, and one is being in a state of blackout drunkenness where you aren't forming memories you are kind of acting like a person but one of the main things you would want to know about such a person is consciousness wise is should i expect things from them probably not can i should i fuck them almost certainly not so like in the on the fuckability scale they are listed as unconscious but on the like immediate intentionality and responsiveness they are kind of conscious and that type of categorization is really important when you're trying to make decisions. Yeah. <laughs> it is like a So lot. is there like a short-term you- memory uh, disconnect going on there too? I'm just thinking about it now. If you did ask someone who's blackout drunk, can you do this for me real quick? And then, I don't know, 30 seconds pass and then they totally forgot that that happened <laughs> because they're not you know connected what? to short-term. We need so many more experiments on this. Because getting people drunk in a lab is an <laughs> endeavor with a lot of very well-placed red tape. But, um, like, I- administering alcohol to participants in, in a semi-naturalistic mm, environment mm-hmm. often involves the use of something called a bar lab or a, or a lab bar. I don't remember the ordering, but it seems like a fun place and there should be more of them. Yeah, I was, I was near a bar lab in, when I did undergrad at USF. Tell me more. Tell yeah. me everything. I... Why don't they always have their office parties in there? I mean, come on, right? right? I never, I, I never got to uh, put down that vodka. It's science equipment. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I never got to uh, touch the scientific vodka, so I have no stories. To- do they have? Do they make drinks like I call this one the Bunsen burner? <laughs> sure. <laughs> this is the this is the graduated cylinder. <laughs> Are you really laughing at the term graduated cylinder? What? <laughs> yes, I am. It sounds funny. Are you going to gonna me. remember that you laughed at this? 
Hey guys, who wants shots, okay? Hey, five five pipettes for the table here. <laughs> this is the Higgs boozon. <laughs> right, thank you. Now we're now we're talking. Now that's oh, a lame ass. That is good. <laughs> pun. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, this one's called just a theory. <laughs> if I was a fun guy, I'd drink a mold fashioned. A mold oh, fashioned? No! <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> don't be a way funner guy. Nice. My silly young. Then I'd go into I'd go into toad mode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> guys, I'm going into toad mode tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna be partially conscious. <laughs> not gonna form any memories. I will not be fuckable, according to Leia. Manish to know how Lila has a. How is this night different from all other nights? Ten other people raise their hands. <laughs> we also agree. Right, right. I'm also not fuckable any other night. But also tonight. <laughs> In case you were wondering. <laughs> I'd fuck you, Nicole. That's the name of the next drink. <laughs> Thank you. Um, also, oh, as a child, I formed a great deal of memories, but now that I'm older, I can't seem to access many of them. Was I conscious as a child? <laughs> Much of the time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good. Yes. This is a good point. A lot of a lot of people don't have access to childhood memories on on the regular. Hmm. Yeah. PTSD uh, makes people Thank God, yeah. lose access to adult memories. Right, right, right. Oh, I thought you were calling my childhood PTSD. I was like, uh uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that. Stress is a hell of a drug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, childhood trauma yeah. especially. Yeah, I definitely never think that memory formation has anything to do with consciousness because mm. there's so many examples of people no. functioning. It's a, if You're having experiences. You're just not remembering. I don't know, the man. I'm like, there's too much examples in the animal world of... Uh, consciousness if you go with the definition of it and the podcast that Nicole listened to. Yes, that was such a great segue. Uh, that, <laughs> <laughs> and, and talking about memory makes me think of stuff. And I that's part say. one of our discussion on consciousness. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. And we hope you join the club again soon. And you may tell yourself-